0: Welcome in, friends, to this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Navo from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, of course, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 to Score and the I'm Fat Podcast, and God willing, a best-selling author, too. Come on, people. Buy his book, Nabbit. I
1: think that ship has sailed, my friend.
0: <laughs> well, we tried. I'm still trying to manifest it, man, but speaking of manifestation... We talked last week about just wanting to drop the damn puck on the season. What happened? Boom. Return to play protocols have been announced. We will have NHL hockey beginning January 13th. Jay, this is a day, my friend, for celebration.
1: The pucketh have been droppeth, or it will be eventually. Yeah. Email us at MadhousePod. We're on Twitter at MadhousePod. Instagram, Madhouse underscore pod. Facebook, just look up Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. You'll find us there. And we have our merch store, madhousepodmerch.com, powered by our friends at Triple Threat Sports, 708-478-6090. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. Okay, the NHL return to play. Training camp opens as early as December 31st for non-playoff teams, January 3rd for the 24 playoff teams. That includes the Blackhawks. There will be no preseason games. 56 game season begins on January 13th, ends on May 8th. Each team in the East, West, and Central, the Central is the Blackhawks, will play every other team in its division 8 times, while each team in the North division will play each other play every other team in its division 9 or 10 times. The playoffs are best of 7. The top 4 teams in each division make the playoffs. The first 2 rounds of playoffs will be intra-divisional, which means you'll play the team within your division with one team from each division advancing to the semifinal round. That would be the final four. So uh, other key dates to player opt outs. Uh, that is a little bit still to be worked out. RFA signing deadline is February 11th. Contract extensions, March 12th. The trade deadline is April 12th. End of the regular season. Like I said, May 8th expansion draft, July 21st NHL draft 23rd and 24th of July and then free agency begins on July 28th. So there it is. Those are the details we have so far about the NHL's return to play. And much like the way things went when they returned to the playoffs last season, I've got to give some props. They worked it out. It could have gotten contentious. Maybe it did a little bit. But cooler heads prevailed. Both sides you know, went and did the right thing and got back to playing and uh, hopefully they can execute th- execute this thing as safely as possible. Home buildings will be used. So it's going to be interesting. I saw today, James, Florida's going to let fans in. So way to go, Florida.
0: <laughs> uh, the Dallas Stars are also planning <sighs> on uh, allowing fans as well. So there will be at least a couple of arenas when the Blackhawks get started that will be allowing fans just so – you know Blackhawk fans aren't like taken aback by this it's obviously going to be a little bit different seeing fans in the arena after going through the bubble in Edmonton and all that so please that's definitely one of the what's up
1: Hawks fans please don't travel please don't travel to see games out of town Uh you've got please please don't Jay's getting on the pedestal guys don't be those people (laughs) let's get let's please get out of this are we tired of this yet yes we are let's just be smart okay sorry go ahead
0: I, I was just gonna say that that's obviously one of the interesting things to me about the return to play is that they are going to be playing in home arenas and there is no rule about whether or not you're allowed to have fans they're going to allow each team and each I guess, local health department to make those determinations on their own. And I definitely thought that that was an interesting component to all of this. Excuse me. We'll obviously see when, you know, teams like Nashville, if they're going to allow fans, teams like the Lightning. That'll all be very interesting. Also, another note about Tampa Bay, they're going to really have to work hard to avoid the schedule of the Toronto Raptors who are playing down in Tampa Bay right now at Amelie Arena. So that's going to be – Another little interesting tidbit is they try to, you know, avoid basketball, which is oh so strange to say that about Tampa Bay. But, hey, these are strange (laughs) times we're living in, my friend. I try to avoid
1: basketball as much as possible.
0: (laughs) And then the other thing that I found really interesting about the divisional alignment, and I'm sure this is probably an area we're going to have to get into. You look at the Central Division, there are no Minnesota Wild. There are no St. Louis Blues. So if this schedule ends up making it through all the way through 56 games, the only time the Blackhawks would be able to play the Blues or the Wild would be in the conference final.
1: That's fine. If they get to the conference final, they can play whoever the hell they want. I'm very happy (laughs) with that. We should probably go over the divisions again because we have speculated over the last few episodes. Now we have them official. The North Division is obviously the Canada Division. Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg. All they could have come up teams. with more
0: original names for these divisions, by the way.
1: I, they should have gone to the Norris, Campbell, Whale. They should have done all
0: Thank that. Thank you! Yeah. What would have been so hard about that? Like, name it after players. Name it after something. Instead, it's Northwest, Central, and East. <laughs> well, oh, you, thanks, NHL. Well, well, Glad you got your cardinal directions down.
1: <laughs> well, here's why you probably should have done that. Because the West Division is anaheim arizona colorado la minnesota (laughs) san jose st louis and vegas not west
0: i saw the uh, arizona coyotes posted a map of all the states that are in the west division and they like omitted states like utah and kansas and oklahoma and i was like that's all it took to get rid of those states (laughs) was the nhl realigning hey hey
1: hey way to go nhl all right uh the east division we'll save the best for last obviously you've got boston buffalo new jersey the two new york teams philly pittsburgh and the caps
0: that's going to be a really (laughs) really tough division
1: and fun that is fun (laughs) i cannot
0: wait to watch those games out east
1: and then the central division carolina chicago columbus dallas detroit florida nashville tampa bay so there is the central division. So Boy,
0: I can't think of a better geographic rival than Florida.
1: <laughs> well, you got the whole Joel Quenville situation. They're also
0: very centrally located.
1: Right of their state maybe i guess that's how you can spin it no they're not (laughs) i know
0: (laughs) they play in like the southern tip of
1: florida yeah this was a great opportunity to come up with creative names for it but no whatever they got enough work to do i'm not going to be too too hard on them
0: i'm just going to call it the spare parts division because it definitely (laughs) seems like they just took all the teams that were left over and lumped them together
1: well as i look at the central division i'm trying to convince myself that the hawks can finish in the top four
0: Oh, my God, why are you doing that?
1: You can't really. There's there's three teams that are clearly better. Tampa is clear, clearly better. Dallas is clearly better. I would say Nashville is clearly better. Carolina, that's four, clearly better. Columbus, yeah, you never know. Year to I year. I think Columbus is better. Yeah, but year to year, they're kind of a adventure. Uh, Detroit, bad. Florida and the Hawks, they kind of, I think people think Florida's better than they are. They always seem to be the sexy team before the season starts, and then they almost always come up a little bit short of what everybody thought they were going to be. But, yeah, it's kind of hard for me to make the case for the Hawks to finish anywhere but you know second or third to last. Right. Which is kind of what we kind of want. I mean, sure, if they had a realistic shot of winning the Stanley Cup, by all means, like go and win. But the best thing for them is to let these kids play you know and and get their you know get their flight miles I guess you'd call them and and if you end up with a loss and a better draft pick it's probably the best case scenario
0: yeah I think when I look at the obviously when I look at the divisional structure the Canadian division is going to be very interesting having teams like Toronto and Vancouver in the same division is going to be kind of wild and it'll be fun to watch those games um looking at the East, like you said, that division is just, they're going to beat the crap out of each other (laughs) all season long. That is going to be a fascinating division to watch with a lot of really good rivalry games. Can't wait for that. The central division though, man, I just, am looking at the Blackhawks division and just as a fan, I'm obviously looking at this and I'm going, the Blackhawks might, they might win too many games. Like, there there are like you said there are teams in the division that are definitely better than the Blackhawks but if you want to talk about elite top tier like you know cream of the crop teams it's what Tampa Bay and then yeah I know Dallas made the cup final but I I would still say the Blackhawks can steal a couple of games from them like I just I look at the division if I if they were in the east I'd be like okay where are you getting your wins at like right. Buffalo New Jersey like that's basically it but in the central it looks like you can probably pick some wins off and I'm not sure how the NHL draft lottery is going to be structured this year based on the fact that nobody you know there's obviously no interdivisional play it's going to be very interesting to me to see how that all shakes out because I do think that there will be times this season the Blackhawks are going to have stretches of games where they play really well and win three four maybe even five games in a row and fans are going to be like wait a minute what's going on here but do not do not be dissuaded friends the ultimate goal here is to tank and get whoever the (laughs) sexy prospects going to be at the top of the draft in 2021
1: yeah and i know that's going to be you know i think it's funny we ran a poll on the madhouse podcast which of course is official That is as scientific as it gets.
0: It's definitely the pulse of Blackhawks nation.
1: Yeah, but 75% of people said they're on board with a rebuild. But I wonder if once the season begins and the rebuild starts to look like a rebuild where they're losing, you know, 5-3, 5-4, 6-5 every night, if people are going to have the patience they thought they would have during offseason conversation, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly when you're playing as many young players as the Hawks seem committed to playing there's going to be some rough nights and that's okay. You know, and we'll get to more of this in our season previews as we get closer to the puck drop in a couple weeks, which is crazy. It's coming up so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, We got plenty of time to break everything down, but part of that rebuild is the struggles is the suffering. And I think back to the years when Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook were first coming into the NHL and it got ugly. Sometimes those guys were really struggling and there were times where neither guy looked NHL caliber but they had the time to play they had the time to develop they were drawing top matchups they were put in every situation and they both realized their full potential and you've got a hall of famer and you've got a guy who was very very good for a very long time both of them winning three stanley cups but the payoff is what makes the development fun so if we're gonna watch doc and bullquist and mitchell and De and all these young players develop and struggle at the level when they finally reach that potential it's going to be that much more fun and that much more rewarding and i hope the hawks fans that jumped onto the bandwagon when taves and kane arrived stick around for this next wave of development because yeah there's going to be some down years but once they're over and these young players really do pan out if they all do and that's that's obviously not a given but when they do it is the best feeling to see that all come together into being a really good hockey team again
0: yeah, and obviously having the size of taxi squads that the Blackhawks are going to be having under the new CBA, it's going to be, you know, obviously interesting to see how many of their top tier prospects the Blackhawks are just going to kind of have along for the ride I guess you would say like yeah they're going to want some of the guys to go back to juniors but I would imagine that there will be plenty of players who are going to potentially get looks at either making the team or making the roster your guys like your Evan Barrett's for instance Mm -hmm. your Regula's your Kalianux your maybe even Philip Kurashev's like those guys who we've been hearing about for so long It is going to be interesting to see how exactly the Blackhawks are going to handle it because we've gone through their roster during the offseason. We've kind of come to the conclusion that there really aren't a ton of spots that are necessarily, like, up for grabs right away. But with the size of the taxi squad that the Blackhawks are going to have and the fact that we don't know – exactly when the Rockford Ice are going to start their season. Like, they're still – I believe talk in the AHL is what, like February that they might potentially begin to play? I I think that it's going to be really interesting to see how the Blackhawks handle all of that, and I wouldn't be surprised if knowing what they know about what exactly their expectations are for the 2021 season – I, I think that the Blackhawks would be very smart to bring at least a couple of those guys along on their taxi squad and maybe cycle them in every so often. Like you said, just to start to get that NHL experience, to start to get the experience of playing in whatever roles the Blackhawks envisioned for them in the future. And as we saw with guys like Adam Boquist and at times Kirby Dock, it can get kind of nasty. Like they're There were times last season where we just were looking at Adam Boquist going, that kid doesn't know what's going on. There were flashes of really great skill and obviously some uh, really effective play. But at the same time, there was plenty of times that he didn't look like he was ready for the NHL. So I think it's going to be uh, definitely a thing to watch, especially as training camp gets underway, to see which guys they're giving some uh, serious looks to in practice. Unfortunately, there will not be any preseason games to evaluate any of this. So I think that the Blackhawks would be well-served if they kind of kept the pipeline moving, I guess you would say, and just have these young guys kind of cycle them in and kind of see what they have as the regular season gets underway.
1: Well, I want to spend some time there next because there's a bunch of things about the taxi squad that fascinate me. But first, I want to tell our listeners about our friends out there. At Mariska's and Crest Hill, they've been our sponsor since day one of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Go support local business. Go support small business. You can do both by supporting Mariska's. They're at 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. They are famous for their poor boy sandwiches, but everything on the menu is phenomenal. But that first time you go, you're going to want to try the poor boy. You're going to have to. It's a, it's amazing. It's a staple. It's what put Marishkas on the map, and they've been there for a really, really long time. But James's favorite is Yodel Burger. I love the onion rings, the double-baked potato. Everything there is tremendous. So go visit them. In Crest Hill, go to Marishka's.com or visit Facebook.com slash Marishka's. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So go say hello and happy holidays to the Zdrowovich family and enjoy a great meal from our friends at Marishka's. And we want to thank, wish happy holidays to everybody listening. So thank you for tuning in. All right, so the taxi squad thing. One of the things here is teams are required to carry three goalies. That means you could have a realistic three-man rotation of Delia, Suban, and Lankinen, And that's interesting to me. They don't have to decide who's here, who's in Rockford, right? They can just sort of go game by game. That's a benefit. However, it could also be tempting to get guys out of rhythm. And we heard last year, Corey Crawford and Robin Leonard both talk about how sharing the net can disrupt your rhythm a little bit. You want to find a way to establish a starter if you can. If there's someone that really steps out, you want to give them consecutive games in a row to get that flow. So there's a good and bad about those three goalies. The other thing is, and as details come out, we'll have more. I wonder if this taxi squad works as like just a free-for-all call-up send-down sort of a thing, or if there has to be a corresponding injury or covid list sort of a thing, because that solves a big problem for the Hawks on defense where they don't have to tell Brent Seabrook You know, you're going to sit out every night like he's there with the team and Ian Mitchell's there with the team and Lucas Carlson's there with the team. So all these guys who you think have potential to play in the league this year are there and available. I think it remains to be seen how those taxi squads will be utilized and what the rules are in terms of in and out in and out with those guys. But um, I think it does solve those two specific headaches for the Blackhawks. They're going to have all hands on deck at the NHL level. Of course, you lose out on the development for the guys that aren't playing in Rockford, but you've got everyone you could possibly imagine, you know, wanting to be or or close to NHL time being available. The taxi squad is 29 players, which includes three goalies. So you're going to have a a pretty good pick of the litter of guys you want to call up.
0: Okay, I have to run a theory by you, Jay. I want to get your feedback on this. Assuming that the AHL does start to play in February. How would you feel if the Blackhawks decided they would obviously carry, let's say for sake of argument, it's Delia and Sueban are your top two. And then instead of carrying Kevin Lankanen as your third in that scenario, what if they carried Matt Tompkins instead and have Lankanen start the vast majority of the games in Rockford? How would you feel about that?
1: that? But that decision doesn't have to be made January 13th, right? They can adapt it can they adapt the taxi squad for the AHL season or do they need to decide the squad before the season begins? How adaptable is that taxi squad? That's sort of the, the only question.
0: reason I ask the question now is because you you have to carry three goalies the entire season.
1: Right. But if, what I'm saying is if they start the NHL season on the 13th of January with Lincoln and as one of the three,
0: which I would imagine they would,
1: can they not put him back on Rockford or can they
0: I would assume that they can put him back on but okay. I don't think they're yeah. – there's no way that they'd be able to enforce that. I think they have to be able to send guys down in that scenario. I think the AHL would have a fit if they didn't uh, allow NHL teams to do that. I'm just saying, like, moving forward, having the three goalies seems to be kind of an interesting wrinkle, especially with a team like the Blackhawks, who's potentially evaluating – Up to three guys for the starting role to kind of groom a replacement for a Corey Crawford. And I just, I find it fascinating that you could end up with a situation like you were alluding to where a guy is not really allowed to get into rhythm because they're having so many different guys take the net. I just think that might be a smart idea for the development of a guy if you have him go down to Rockford instead of having a third you know, a third string guy who's rarely going to play at the NHL level, I think it would be smarter to have a guy like Delia or Lincoln in down there. At least then they're getting adequate work and they're really, you know, playing almost every day and they're going to get the sense of what it's going to be like to play 60 to 65 games at the NHL level.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's I think that's the smart thing to do. As soon as you can get one of those guys established as the starter in Rockford, you do it. And I think you might even say, you know, let's say throughout the season you've had those three guys battling it out, and it turns out like let's say let's just for sake of argument, Subban wins the job. Delia finishes second, and finishes third. Maybe you put Delia in Rockford, and have him get the ma- the bulk of the playing time down there. There's a lot of ways you can sort of go with this, right? If you feel like someone has clearly won the first job and the second job, but it's not really, you know, maybe the gap isn't as big as you'd think. Maybe you plug one of those guys in as the starter in Rockford just to get them that rhythm. So if indeed you do need to call him up for a COVID infection or for what or an injury or whatever, they've not just been sort of languishing as the third guy. I don't know. I there there's so many things, and I think the questions we're asking ourselves are the questions that GMs are asking themselves around the league today. Right? Okay. Here's what it is. What is the best way to handle this? And and who knows what the right answer is. But you, I've said it for weeks. I am here for chaos. Bring it on. As long as it's healthy chaos and no one's dying, I enjoy chaos. So um, I think this is going to be a fascinating case study this season to see how teams manage this. And I wonder if they're going to see like, okay, what are the really good teams doing? Right. right. Like, like what? Like what's Steve Eiserman doing in Tampa or, or in Detroit? Rather, what is his? You know, he's one of the smarter GMs in the league. What is his plan? And if people are going to sort of follow those follow those leads, I don't know. It, i do think though to answer your question long story short yes you want one of the guys you truly believe as a pillar of the franchise or someone who you think is an nhl prospect at some point to be the starter in rockford yes that's, that's uh the, the
0: real taxi squad goalie is going to be scott foster we all know this no go away uh with the only things Sorry. we really do know about the taxi squad is it will be four to six players. They'll be eligible to travel, practice, and take part in activities. They will be able to be called up on the day of the game. It says by 2 p.m. Pacific, which is an odd time, but whatever. And then they also said the taxi squad players will be paid AHL-level salaries and will not count towards the salary cap or obviously the NHL roster size.
1: Sorry, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific is not noon. It is 4 p.m. Central. It Pacific. is
0: 4 p.m. for those of us who can actually tell time. Yes,
1: thank you for that. By the way, I don't want uh, Scott Foster himself to go away. I'm sure he's a fine young man. I'm just tired of the story, just to be clear, <laughs> just to be clear on my position on that. The only
0: reason I brought him up is because I read it. It was a quote in a, uh, a a Sharks article. It said, a taxi squad goalie must be made available for all teams that don't have three goalies on their NHL roster. Yeah. Yeah so essentially the taxi squad guy for the home team i would assume would be available in the event of an emergency for an opposing team so like it's the way i read it it looks like kevin Lankinen could like play for the red wings if they needed an emergency goalie on a given night
1: oh god that's like old school stuff that stuff i was writing about in my book where somebody got drunk and they had to borrow a goalie (laughs) like (laughs) oh man I love
0: the NHL. It's so fun.
1: It's fun, man. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fast. The 56 games are going to fly by Uh, what we don't have any clarity unless I missed it today uh, while it was working. Is there any sort of indication on what the schedule is going to look like in terms of consecutive games or days in a city or anything like that? Has any of that been hammered out yet?
0: none of it's officially been hammered out at what it sounds like is they are going to try to minimize travel especially in a division like the west where you have teams going from california to minnesota i would imagine they'll try to bunch games in minnesota or maybe have them swing down to play st louis on those types of trips the nba did something very similar to that there are times this season when the bulls are scheduled to play multiple games in the same city against the same team i think in fact like they're third and fourth games of the season I think are both against the Washington Wizards on the road I think the NHL is going to explore doing something very similar to that but I don't think that any official determination has been made they did say though that they do want to try to minimize travel where they can
1: I kind of like that I kind of like that in normal times anyway Jonathan Taze was talking about that in terms of environmental footprint and in terms of player fatigue really just have a three-game series somewhere that's fun And uh, I don't know what's cool about this is it could be sort of a testing ground for some new ideas. This pandemic has forced not just sports leagues, but businesses and and musicians and everything to sort of get creative in their thinking instead of just sort of falling back on what's always been. So I sort of like this guinea pig season idea of, okay, how does three games in a city work? How does, you know, I I don't know. I'm really interested to see when the smoke clears when the season's over when the everyone's vaccinated and we can get back to semi-normal life what's going to come for all these sports leagues what changes have they said wow you know what we never thought this would work and it really was kind of better and maybe we'll adopt this full-time which you know not to get into baseball but you just saw the dh work in the national league just adopt and, it
0: and then promptly they're not going to use it in 2021
1: like, what are you doing? what are you waiting for?
0: They are going to use the extra inning rule, apparently.
1: Yeah, whatever. I, it's not a baseball podcast, but that just annoys me. Like, you, All right, you know what? You, you, know, tore, no. you,
0: you know the thing they really need to use, the thing they need to implement this year? What? Three points for a regulation win. Do it.
1: Oh, that would be great.
0: Come on. Why has this not been done yet? This is like my ultimate NHL crusade is the three-point thing. I still insist that it is the best way to do things and what better time to do it than the middle of a freaking pandemic when you can explore or you can experiment anyway
1: it also shows i think we have our whole lives to get into that but the three-point win shows you who the best teams really are yep yeah and maybe that's not good for the hawks
0: (laughs) it'd be great for the hawks what are you talking about i mean they'd get fewer points
1: not for their standings but yes maybe ultimately for the hawks that would be a better
0: tank tank
1: yeah well, you know what's a good thing for me, James?
0: Um, there's at least 16 different things, so I'm going to let you pick.
1: All right. Dr. Squatch, natural soap company. Uh, lots of our listeners jumped on and uh, took my advice and ordered Dr. Squatch for the holidays. And the people you're gifting that to will be thrilled, just like you will be or are if you're already a subscriber. Head to DrSquatch.com. Check out their vast selection of handmade in the USA soap bricks. I call them thick bricks. Everybody calls them thick bricks. They're great. They literally changed my life. And I know that sounds dramatic, but I had horrible, horrible skin conditions. My skin was flaky. It was dry in the winter. It would crack and bleed. I was frustrated. I needed a change. I subscribed to Dr. Squatch. And as soon as I got my first order a week later, I contacted them and said, look, I love your product. I host two really good podcasts that would love to be partners with you. And they said, great, let's do it. You guys really jumped in and made a big difference this holiday season, so thank you for that. If you want to order, DrSquatch.com. When you're ready to check out, enter that promo code MADHOUSE20. You'll save 20% on your order while helping out the podcast at the same time. Aside from the soaps, they've got hair care products, shampoo and conditioner. They've got toothpaste, and they just launched their own line of deodorant. It's all natural. Every product they sell is is all natural and it's great i use it for everything i use the soap the hair care kit the toothpaste and the deodorant i am a full-on squatch adopter if you walk through my house you're going to see dr squatch everywhere you go if you subscribe if you give it a try you will have the same experience drsquatch.com promo code madhouse20 at checkout to save
0: Boy, I love what you're hearing you talk about soap and uh personal care products.
1: <laughs> I just smell good. I'm sitting down here, I smell good. What's really cool is I put my mask on and I can still smell the squatch in my beard when I put my mask on. <laughs> like, oh it's still it's like five PM. I, I showered like ten hours ago and it, I still smell great.
0: Yeah. I, I can smell you through the microphone.
1: It's amazing. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad it's you're smelling that and not the other things in a room that have been Hey-o. happening. Hey oh yeah, during the show. Um but look, man. Regardless of what happens, I'm really, really excited. So why don't we take a break? Uh, we'll take a time out. We'll sort of reset things. But I want to come back and talk about what I'm excited about and what James is excited about this upcoming NHL season. You are listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Welcome back, fans, to this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. In case you're listening, expecting our interview previewing the World Junior Championships with ESPN's Chris Peters, that is going to come out on Wednesday, so you get not one, but two Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcasts this week. So be sure to listen for that on Wednesday. It was an awesome conversation with Chris. Kind of got overtaken by, you know, the big news in Blackhawks land, them, you know, finally hiring a president and stuff, but... I assure you, it was a totally awesome conversation. You're going to feel like you're really ready for the World Juniors when they get started on Christmas Day. Thank you again to Chris for coming on with us. And, uh, yeah, Jay, we're going to have two podcasts this week. We're the second hardest working podcast you're a part of.
1: Um, Well, if we're getting two this week, we are the hardest working. (laughs) Take that, Rick Camp. Yeah, Suck it, Campy. (laughs) We're talking about the I'm Fat Podcast, if you don't know. All right, so we came into the uh segment, or broke the last segment rather, talking about what we're excited about this season. I got into it a little bit on Twitter, not in an argument, but just started talking about it this morning. And, you know, I saw when I announced my excitement for hockey to be back last night. People are saying, Oh, you know, like the Hawks are gonna suck. It's not even exciting. Look, first of all, hockey's back. That's all I care about. But there's a lot to be excited about this year and maybe i just enjoy watching young players develop more than others but remember what kirby doc looked like in the playoffs last year remember that he was just named the captain of team canada's world junior hockey team kirby doc is going to arrive after playing in an intense tournament in game shape ready to go from day one that's gonna be an advantage he has over not only other players in the league but his teammates OK, you've got Adam Boquist ready for another crack at things. You've got Ian Mitchell coming up and expected to contribute right away to who had probably his best all around year, even though the goal numbers were down. All the metrics say he's going to have a bounce back year. He just was had really, really bad luck. But the rest of his game came around. And I even mentioned Alex Nylander, who we keep forgetting is only 22 years old and has the pedigree, has all we've seen that he has the skill. If the mental game for him can catch up to the physical game, that's going to be another pretty effective player. You've got Pia Suter. You've got the signings of Yanmark and Walmart that a lot of people sort of under the radar are excited about. There is a lot to look forward to this hockey season. And yeah, maybe the wins won't be there. But for me, taking getting a sneak peek at the future of this organization for me is huge and, and very, very exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me that they're going to be bringing a lot of younger guys in to potentially compete for roster spots, especially in training camp. And I do agree with you that seeing guys like Suter come out, seeing guys like Evan Barrett, seeing guys obviously on the defensive side of things as well. Your Mitchells, your Colleen your Regulas. I'm never going to say Kallunuk right, by the way. You just did. I'm going to always screw it up. I apologize to everybody in advance. But seeing all of those guys is going to be really awesome, especially on the defensive side of things. I think that's probably what I'm looking forward to more than anything else is I'm used to the Blackhawks kind of being a tire fire on defense (laughs) as they have been the last couple of years. I think the potential of having the younger guys back there and maybe seeing the progress no matter how incremental is really exciting to me as a Blackhawks fan, and it's something that I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing play out once the regular season gets underway. And I know – there's going to be at least a couple of these young guys. You can just feel it that are going to come in and they're, they may not be as good, you know, as like, say a guy like Kirby Doc was towards the end of last season, but I get the sense that not everybody is going to kind of go through the same kind of ups and downs and mostly downs, you know, that we've seen from some guys in the past. I do think a couple of these guys are going to come up and they are going to electrify us in this unique environment. And it's exciting to find out which of those guys it's going to be like, there are so many, young players in this system that we've been waiting on for several years now and I'm not saying that they're going to end up being the answer to all of this team's issues but at the end of the day I just want something to be excited about and those young blue liners especially I would love to see if they can start to kind of propel this blue line in the right direction
1: yeah the the only there I think too what we can expect is there's going to be some drama this year too because as we've said, there's a lot of guys competing for roster spots and there's only so many roster spots. So you're going to have some potentially pissed off veterans, uh, this season. And I think the Brent Seabrook thing is going to be something we have to keep an eye on. But if you have Mitch Mitchell and Kelnick and, and some of these young players ready to step up and be NHL players, if Stan Bowman's true to his word, and it's all about development, then you might see Murphy or Dehan or some of those guys sort of I don't want to say bench, but they could those guys could certainly be trade bait. Early that is on, in something season that I wanted to bring up
0: also with the the salary cap and the potential crunch that there a lot of teams are going to face. I want to say there are several teams who are still above the salary cap floor that are potentially going to have an issue getting under that floor this season. Could that impact the Blackhawks if they do want to try to unload a veteran contract like a Dehan or a Murphy or do you think they would just simply take on cap hit back to make the money work
1: i don't know how how difficult those contracts are to swallow for teams you know i I don't know if they're cost prohibitive for a lot of teams like it's one thing if it's if it's brent seabrook who probably can't play right like that that's different Mm -hmm. uh dehan makes four and a half with his injury history that's that's a little tougher to swallow for teams i think but connor murphy for the play he provides at 27 years old making under 4 million. He makes 3.85 for the next 2 years. I could see a lot of teams that think they're a defenseman away from a Stanley Cup looking very hard at Connor Murphy. That's a guy who could be very very appealing come the trade deadline on April 12th. I look, if I if I think about the Hawks back when they were trying to acquire Johnny Oduya, right? Like right before they happened when we said, "Man, if they could just add one solid defenseman, they they're set." A guy like Connor Murphy fits that mold perfectly, and he, he can play both sides, left or right. He's extremely versatile. He's very affordable, and I don't think that's the sort of guy you would have to match salary to take back, and you might be able to pluck a pretty decent prospect for a team at the deadline looking to make uh, an impactful move.
0: By the way, I need to correct myself. There are currently 10 NHL teams that are over the upper salary cap limits. Okay. You want to take a crack at who has the highest projected cap hit right now? Toronto? Toronto is number five.
1: Okay. I'm bad at these games. Um, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Dallas, there are I'm also
0: gonna... four other teams that are less than a million below the cap, so you have 14 teams almost half the league is either less than a million dollars beneath the salary cap ceiling or is above the salary cap ceiling
1: that's what's going to make the the weeks leading up to the season interesting too because there's going to be some pieces that move right like that's sort of the like we haven't mentioned his name yet today but Dylan Strom is still unsigned and when Sam Bowman talked earlier this week or late last week rather he said yeah, you know, we're confident it's going to get done. We're working on it. We're, we're doing our best. We'll you know, we'll try to get there or whatever, um, but it's not done yet. And that's going to be, I don't know, they, he doesn't have any leverage. So I think it's going to be somewhere between two and a half and three and a half unless they give him term. Because if they can get him for like four years at three and a half or four, that's probably a safe gamble to take. Because you think if you only gave him two years. It might cost some more to get him back. So I don't know. That that's gonna be really interesting too. And a lot of teams are dealing with that. And you've got some really top free agents that are unsigned, like Mike Hoffman is unsigned. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, Anthony Duclair just signed with Florida, I believe. But there's a lot of guys who are unsigned and, and pretty valuable players. Corey Schneider, Michael Granland, Sammy Votnin. Uh there's Michael Froleek, beloved Blackhawk, Michael Froleek is unsigned. There's some pretty decent names on this list uh that that need deals that don't have them yet and there's gonna be teams scrambling to add and 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 some to subtract
0: by the way the team with the highest projected cap it is currently the arizona coyotes 84.2 million dollars is their projected cap it right now but that's i pre... did see a report i did see a report the tampa bay lightning might put nikita kucherov on ltir which would take them under the projected cap ceiling but they are currently the second most expensive payroll in the nhl
1: I wonder, does that include the like contracts that the Coyotes have that aren't going to play? Like, Do they have to be resubtracted at some point?
0: I believe they will have to be resubtracted. The only player currently on their LTIR right now is
1: Marion Hosa. Yes. Hall of Famer Marion Hosa.
0: Who, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, final year of his contract. Yep. This is the final year of the contract. The issue the Coyotes have is, is they have the extension for Oliver Ekman-Larsson that's kicked in. Uh, Oliver Ekman-Larsson is making eight point two five million on his extension. Jacob Chikrin four point six million. Nick Jalmerson, friend of the show, I don't know five million dollars. Sure. Alex Goligoski five point five million. Jason Demers almost four million. That's five defensemen that are making basically four million or more. Their cap hit just for their seven defensemen right now is about thirty million dollars. That's a lot on an $81 million cap hit.
1: That is a lot, but I appreciate that you just gave Nicholas Jalmerson to us. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, he's a friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. He
0: used to play for the Blackhawks. Mm -hmm.
1: That counts. Yeah, so is Mario Lemieux, big friend of the podcast. Just... He, don't don't ask him. He'll We've be claimed about it. Yeah, yeah we claimed him. You you
0: can't it's like us like saying that we can determine how players pronounce their names. Like <laughs> yes. we just we determine this, it it has happened.
1: Larry Dolphin. It is Larry Dolphin from now until the end of time. Damn it. M- Deal with
0: it. Chalupa.
1: Screw you, that's your name. Yeah. Sorry. You come to you come to America, you speak American. And in America, C H U L U P A is Chalupa. that gummit. That's a really good actually like you yeah, know I went yeah. to Virginia for 2 years.
0: Dang man.
1: I was I was surrounded by the culture.
0: Can hardly tell.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Where the
0: hell are we going with this? I,
1: well, I think we're just excited, man. That's it. And I know uh it seems far away, but it's not. Hockey is right around the corner and we're going to be there uh every step of the way. We'll be doing postgame shows, all those things we were doing back when the world was functioning so um thank you all for sticking with us i do a kind of a nice uh thank you at the end of the podcast on wednesday with chris peters but we've got james here oh before we say our year-end thank yous though i want to give a special thank you to our newest sponsor fry the coop and FryTheCoop.com. they just opened in prospect heights coming very very soon to tinley park i drive Get by, open in tinley uh,
0: park guys come on
1: i drive by every day hoping they're open and not yet not yet not yet i have a text out to joe fontana the owner uh he's a busy man he does not have time for me nor should he so i haven't heard back yet but i'm thinking end of this year or early into the new year the tinley park location of fry the coop will be open what does that mean for you the best hot chicken you will ever have tenders sandwiches Chicken and waffles. If it's if it's hot chicken, they've got it at Fry the Coop, and it is amazing. Check out frythecoop.com. Place your order online. It is a stress-free pickup window. pickup you'll be safe, you'll feel safe. It'll be great. And you'll be super, super happy with your food at Fry the Coop. Come get your happiness at FryTheCoop.com. So let me just say, James, before we wrap things up on the podcast, um, I put this on Facebook on my birthday. And I want to say it here to our podcast listeners. I know this has been a really crappy year for most people, uh, but for me personally, it's been kind of remarkable. I've had a book published. Uh, We have experienced really great success with both of the podcasts I do. Um, Things are going well in my family. Everybody is, knock on wood, happy and healthy so far. So uh, I would be remiss to not say thank you to the Madhouse podcast listeners who without them and without you James I would not have the opportunities I have for other podcasts and writing books and all those things so I greatly appreciate it um I picked, when when I reached out to James you were my first pick and it was the right pick and I've never second questioned it ever again since then so uh, I think we've got a great partnership going people really like it and it's cool when I when people order their books from me they can leave a little note if they want to, and everyone says, huge fan of the podcast, love you and James. I think it's funny, we, we hear from the same people via email or via Twitter, but that's such a small percentage of the people listening. So to everybody who's listened to this podcast once or catches every episode, uh, I greatly appreciate you, and I know James will probably echo those sentiments as well.
0: Yeah, and I obviously I echo everything that you said about just finding the right partnership to make a podcast like this work. I think that we wouldn't be going on our, what is this going to be, our, I can't even count now, it's like our sixth season. This will be sixth, yep. I think, of doing this podcast, and it's just been such an unbelievable ride so far, and we've had so many... Great times doing this show and the fact that we've been able to continue to do it while all of this other turmoil has been going on in the world, I think is a testament not just to obviously how hard you work, Jay, but just how dedicated our listeners are and how enthusiastically they've supported everything that we've done. So I do want to thank all of you guys. I do want to thank both of our families as well for, you know, putting up with us as we kind of, you know, chase down our dreams and there's been a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifices. I know Jay, that you've made. And I know that I've made in my career, both with this podcast and with my colleagues at NBC and, I wouldn't be able to do it without the love and support of family and i also can say that my family is safe and healthy and i hope they continue to be that way and i hope that everybody listening to this take care of yourself this holiday season do the right thing stay safe we are so close to beating this damn pandemic and getting back to some sense of normalcy and just let's get to that finish line so we can get together at the united center and enjoy whatever iteration of blackhawks hockey we end up getting to see this season i really do want everybody to stay safe this holiday season and to enjoy yourself no matter what you end up doing
1: all right that says it all also we got to thank our sponsors uh triple threat sports and mariska's there since day one uh dr squatch and uh fry the coop all jumping on within this calendar year uh, their contributions cannot be uh, oversold. So, thank you all so much. Uh, if you want to go to Dr. Squatch, use that promo code Madhouse20 to save on your order. But until next year, this has been the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and have a very, very happy Christmas, happy holidays, and happy new year. Thanks so much for your support.
0: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishkas and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop. You probably know you need life insurance, but you worry you'll have to deal with long applications, expensive premiums, and medical exams. Introducing EthosLife.com. With Ethos Life, you can apply in minutes, 100% online. Ethos offers affordable life insurance policies from top-rated carriers with no medical exam. Now you can sleep easy at night knowing your family's financial future is protected. Visit EthosLife.com and get your free life insurance quote today. Ethos Technologies, Inc. operates in California as Ethos Life Insurance Services. Not available in all states and prices subject to underwriting and certain health questions.